Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring, fascinating women who are navigating aging with class and sass. I'm your host, Nicole Christina. Hey everyone, I am so grateful for all of the downloads, and I'd love a rating on iTunes and a comment. And please subscribe. It helps the show's rating so other people can find it and learn how to age well. And if you are loving the podcast, why not check out the companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. You can access it through my website, NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging. It's based on the Harvard Study of Adult Development, and I'm really proud of how it's turned out. Well, I've got my coffee in my hand and my trusty dog Sparky beside me, so let's begin. Today we have two of the founders of a brand new online magazine for men and women over 50 called Boomalolly. And first, I'm going to introduce Kristen Eddins, who is a content and brand development specialist for business. She's the founder of the Managing Midlife blog and covers finance, second acts, and caregiving for the sandwich generation. Her writing has been featured at Business.com, Booming Encore, St. Louis Women's Journal, Better After 50, and Thrive Global. Her latest adventure is becoming the associate editor, a.k.a. partner in crime, <laughs> and oracle of, of inspiration for Boomalali. And we're also going to be talking to her partner, Deb Galt. Is that right? It is. It's, okay. Yeah. Deb Goat, uh, the founding editor of Boomalali. And uh, she spent 30 years as an academic. And then after 9-11, left academia to serve at the Def uh, Defense Department agency for about eight and a half years. But in August of 2017, she also made the, loop from, the leap from government to entrepreneur. And she decided it was time to start her own company, one that helps people 50 and over transition successfully to their new chapter, and one that celebrates life after 50 whether working, playing, creating, learning, or giving back to the world. Ladies, welcome. Hello and welcome. Thank you for having us, Nicole. Oh, I'm so, yes. I'm so glad. And um, I, if you wouldn't mind, you have a lovely story about what Boomalali means. Would you tell our listeners the uh, wh where that comes from? Yes. Boomalali is basically a regionalism from the South that emerged around the 1950s. There was a woman, at least the story goes, that loved watching military bands and watching men who marched to music. And so she called them boomalollies. And the, the word, the way we found it was in a book of regionalisms. And it just really struck us that that's what we want to be. We want to be people who march to the sound of music. We want to create our own music and march to it. And so uh, we named it Bumalali in honor of 
of her story and, and the idea of really just marching to the beat of your own drum. Was it important for you to have it uh, take on a regional flavor? Not at all. We we struggled with the name of the of the magazine for months and months, and we're talking so many times sitting in the floor of Barnes and Noble, uh, looking at the Sauruses and and doing all kinds of research. And um, I, I stumbled on it uh, just looking at a book of regionalisms, and it just it struck. Just I'm, a, I'm a Southern girl. I see. So that's that's really nice because there's a lot of stuff on aging out, of course, now because of the demographic shift. And I love how original yours is. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So who wants to start? Uh, just we'd love to hear about uh, the magazine, how it came to be and where you are in production. Will you tell our listeners a little bit about its uh its birth and it, well, its development and it's it's uh, it's not quite out yet. So we're expecting the birth. That is correct, but we're we're in the pre-birth. Uh, uh, the preparation. Growth. The preparation. <laughs> we know it's coming. the nursery is all painted. Right, right. We're in that. What to know before giving birth? What, yeah, that that that's whole right. book series. What to know when you're expecting? So yes, exactly. that's where we are. What to know when you're launching? Okay. Yes, as a matter of fact, we're going to be dropping the baby um, <laughs> on uh, June 30 with our soft launch. And um, what we'll do is get feedback from people that are friends and uh, of, uh, of ours and um, some of our, our, our biggest supporters. And then about a month later, we'll go live probably uh, sometime in late August. So Would- we're... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would you tell our viewers, because we are our listeners, we we talk about beta testing, soft launching, and that's kind of the insider, you know, digital content people. (laughs) Could you could you tell us what a soft launch is? Absolutely. A soft launch is is launching it to a specific group of people that are known that you can uh, you can put it out there and they can write you know they can give you feedback and they're just a very specific group of people usually friends and family and it lets you get the kinks out gets you, gets the bugs out of the technology with a digital publication and so it's a testing period with 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 friendlies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. The friendlies. <laughs> I see. And that's, and why is that important? Well, you know, so many things happen when you're trying to do a formal launch of a magazine. And so it lets you pilot, sort of test different parts of it to make sure the technology is working. It lets people give us feedback on the initial stories and are these the stories that are really what you want to read. And so it's just an initial kind of safe way to launch a new project is to do it with a group of friendlies that we call it and uh and and get the bugs out i see and was there any uh question in terms of your business partnership about if it would be an online magazine or another format or did you always know you wanted to do a magazine it it we pretty much knew from the get go it was it was going to be a magazine and so you were asking about it's the creation story it actually 
is a, a very interesting one because it all started with Chris Eden's not deleting an email. <laughs> and I'll let you, Chris, you might share that. <laughs> well, the, the whole concept began back in August, I think it was August of last year, when Deb decided that she's just she needs something different. She did she left her job, she left academia, she was looking for something new and started this whole process. And so part of the process was I'm gonna start a magazine that reaches out to the over fifty crowd and I'm gonna look for writers. And so she started spreading the word about that and I'm on the side building my own business as a content developer and then also doing the blog at, at Managing Midlife and telling my story as, as the, the caregiver, the second act entrepreneur and, and working about money and, and building a business. And then here I get this email from one of my previous clients saying, hey, check out this, this new magazine coming out. You got it. You, you you'll you'll love it. And so, but that client, that contact, is a photographer. Not that that's a bad thing, but I had done a lot of work for him in the ph photography business. That I thought this is just another photography magazine, and I'm switching, and I'm re I'm pivoting, I'm rebranding. So photography is no longer my thing. And so I looked at that email for two days on the verge of deleting it. Oh, boy. And I thought, oh, oh. But then <laughs> I was looking back at what I write about and me and what I do and, and part of what I am encouraging others to do is to not say no, is to just give it a try, check out this opportunity, because you never know where it's going to lead. So after two days of uh, just delete it, I, I clicked on it, and here's Deb looking for contributing writers to write for this 50-plus magazine, and bam, that, that's my audience. That's, that's what it. I'm all about. And so I sent her an email saying, well, I'm the, I'm, I could do this. This is what I write about. This is what I talk about. I sent her some links to my writing, and she got, said, great, let's meet. And at that meeting, she said, you know what? This sounds crazy. Didn't think I would need one, but I need an associate editor. Are you in? And I'm like, well, yeah. So that's where we are. And that was in, I guess, October of last year. Ah, perfect timing. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So could you talk a little bit about why people over 50, men and women, may need some inspiration these days? Well, think about where we are right now and how we got here. And it all began around 2008 and 2009 where everything was just shattered before us. And most of us were raised to play this nice game of life where you go to college, you get at least one degree, you find that perfect five, Fortune 500 job that offers this beautiful pension. And you're working that job, you're building that life, you're raising a family, getting married, getting a mortgage, contributing to society, and doing all this stuff. And then 
you you work and live and contribute to the day you come become 65 and then you retire and then you can take it easy and goof off until you die well <laughs> that all changed in about that time period 2008 and 2009 where that beautiful dream of what we were so faithfully taught and groomed to pursue was stolen from us and oh, and I see. right and and so stolen anybody, in terms of the financial bust the financial bust but then also the housing market so cuz a lot of people were counting on downsizing and 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 moving in with the grandchildren or moving closer to grandchildren cuz they didn't need these big houses anymore and counting on the 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 profit from that or the appreciation from that house to f help fund their retirement well everything's taken away a lot of it is financial but then a lot of them a lot of us in our 40 young 40s young 50s are either highly encouraged to retire forced to retire or outright downsized and laid off and there's nothing and so it's like we've been tricked yes yes it worked for our parents but then again we were supposed to be this this was the ideal lifestyle and we were tricked and those big entities snatched it away from us leaving us wondering well, what's next? Mm -hmm. And not just men, not just women. A lot of us, and and this was in the in the four when we're in our forties and very young fifties and sixties, and it just shifted. And so that's where we but the realized bottom fell out. The bottom fell out, and we're all left with our hands up, going. What are we? What's? What do we do now? Oh my gosh! I was counting on social oh, security. Wow. I was counting on health care. I was counting on this pension, or all this, or I still had. I, I don't have enough savings, and I was counting on working another fifteen to twenty years, and now I can't because I'm too old, mm -hmm. and we're only forties or fifties, and and it, it's just crazy. So yes, the bottom fell out, and. We have to rediscover ourselves. We have to redefine ourselves. And uh, that's where we're at. And I think coupled with the 100-year lifespan that we now face is, is a big part of it, where before the life expectancy might be that you get to your 70s. So if you retire at 65, you maybe live till you're, you're in your mid-70s. And now we're looking at living well into our 90s mm -hmm. and and to the idea of retiring when you still have as many as 30 years ahead of you just isn't plausible in terms of our ability to you know maintain the quality of life that we want to have but also be engaged with life so there's right. a lot of factors that have come together to make it like it's a whole new world. You, I think you said something like the game, the uh -huh. game that we all thought we were playing. Somebody took the game board and turned it upside down. And still expected us to play the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we're, so we're left wondering, well, where's the game board? Where are all <laughs> those beautiful pieces? But you still want us to play the rules? Uh, no. And, and then 
we, now we're left with trying to figure out how do we recover. Mm-hmm. And so this is this would really benefit people who have more of an adventurous spirit, maybe who aren't really still wedded to those old rules and the old game, but people who maybe are a bit more flexible and a bit more adventurous. Do you think that's right? Well, I think somewhat because everyone was thrown for a loop when all this happened and it t- here we are nine, ten years later and we're still figuring out, well, what are we going to do? But we're also discovering why wait? I'm going to just do it now. This is something I want to do. I've wanted to do most of my life. Why not now? And and I'll make my own rules. And so that's where it, it you have to let go of those old expectations mm-hmm. and be adventurous and a little bit of of a risk taker to realize, okay, I, I'm just going to do this my own way because there's no rules anymore. I see. No rules, and then we've got the Internet that's exploded. I mean, everything has really changed before our eyes. Yes. I see. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, what I was thinking was we've got the technological changes that are are moving at light speed, combined with a long lifespan, combined with the fact that that whether we're risk takers or not, we all want to live a purposeful life and, and, and to feel that we have meaning and that we are, are, are doing something that is giving back to someone else. And I think that that, that need for a purposeful life is what Bumalali is about, is how do you live that? How do you, how do you create a life well-lived that whether you are a budding artist and you never got a chance to build your art, um, or if you are somebody that's a lifelong learner, how can I continue to, to be that lifelong learner? And so I think it's, Bumalali, the magazine is certainly is, it, it's, it's less about risk takers and more about purpose-driven lives. Mm-hmm. And is that something that I know there's certainly some books out there is that are are you writing things based on your own experiences and and experiences of those around you or do you research for some of these articles how does this work We both Deb and I have our own stories that got us to where we are and which has been the the birth of inspiration for Boomalali, but also for what each of us are pursuing. We realized something needed to be done and we recognized it. And instead of sitting around and waiting for somebody else to put it together, we're taking our own initiative and putting it together. And so when it comes to those stories, well, we've lived a lot of it in one way or another, and so that's part of the basis, but then also just through talking with others and attending events and observing what's happening around us. And not mm-hmm. just that, there's plenty of stories online in the news mm-hmm. about what's happening, but there's still a lot of unknown. So we're hoping to uh, address those unknowns so that people can have the opportunity through our stories to live that life well well lived. 
Can you give me a, some examples of some articles that you're working on or that you're particularly excited to share with your readers? Sure. Uh, what we're what we're planning to do is something a little unusual, and that's rather than putting out a, a digital publication once a month, we are actually going to be blogging our magazine. And when I say that, it means that it'll be coming out twice a week, ongoing. And so some of the stories that we are working on right now are things like turning your art into a business, or finding the right volunteer fit for you, or the journey to what's next. And so the themes that of finding a way to, to work better, to play, to create, and to learn and give back, it's stories about ordinary people doing extraordinary things combined with some how-tos and tips and techniques. <laughs> and so not only will it have feature articles, but we're going to be doing a couple of, of columns so that it very much is like a magazine. And so uh, Chris is writing a column that's called Managing the New Midlife. And I'll be working on a column that's called Dear Gigi. And Dear Gigi <laughs> is... Think of it as a sassy 21st century Ann Landers. Oh, uh, wow. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're <laughs> going to have Dear Gigi. And, and so it, we want it to, it, it, it'll come out in the same way that a blog does, we, you know, a couple times a week, but it will be a magazine in, the, in, in that it has feature articles and columns and great resources, things that we're obsessed with. And so the idea is to to inspire, it's it's to to be positive and uplifting and aspirational and to give people really good ideas for how to find and create that what's next. I can hear in both of your voices that this just it's not just a business venture for you. Not at all. No, it's it's fun. It's adventure. It's it's a release, but it's also uh, a community. Hello, zestful agers. A short intermission to thank you for the incredible amount of downloads. I love creating this podcast, and it's so satisfying to know that you are enjoying it too. Creating and hosting Zestful Aging has been a blast, but it does require a lot of time and resources to deliver a high-quality interview to you every week. So I've signed up with Patreon, which is kind of like Kickstarter, but for ongoing artistic projects. Unlike Kickstarter, the donations are recurrent and the amount is usually smaller. When you become a patron of Zestful Aging, you will receive special benefits like behind-the-scenes info, a place to communicate with other listeners, as well as other patron-only bonuses. These funds will be used to make equipment upgrades, particularly for mobile interviewing, and to travel to interview guests, like to New York City to interview participants in the Diversity Fashion Show. I also need to hire a professional editor. So please go to patreon.com 
forward slash Zestful Aging and make a small but vital donation. Thank you for contributing to the ongoing success of Zestful Aging, and I can't wait to bring you more juicy, inspiring interviews. Now back to the show. Right, right. So the, you mentioned play. I, I don't know, was it, was it you, Deb, who mentioned play? I did, and it's funny because one of the articles that, that Kristen has written is about play. Why don't you tell them a little bit about that? So, so play is something that we recognize, Deb and I, but I think you and your listeners will understand as well that somewhere long ago the concept of play uh, escaped us and it started around the 20s when we had to start playing the game of life that's what we were allowed to play and we gave up that free time that play time that goof off time and and so we're to the point where we don't play enough and it's detrimental to health and our well-being and so it took the birth of my granddaughter to realize huh I, I don't I don't play enough and now I have this beautiful child I want to play with, so what are we going to do? And, and what can we do? And so I took a look at that and how I now have this great opportunity to play. I don't need an excuse. I've got mm-hmm. my granddaughter. And, and, but then even without my granddaughter, we still don't take enough time to play, to just get out, get goofy, do things for ourselves, swing on a swing set or splash in a puddle or, mm. or something like that. And that's one of the themes that Boomalali covers. And one of the articles I've written for the magazine is that how to revisit playtime and introduce the oldies but the goodies because there's still plenty, a lot of good things. And think about it. How many people go outside and play anymore? Anybody, any age. Mm. So part of it's about rediscovering your inner kid. Mm-hmm. Do you give examples about, you said oldies but goodies, is that? Oh, oh yeah, that, oh yeah. yeah, Deb's good at this story. I'll, I'll let Deb tell this, the, the, this story. I love the fact that Kristen has, has literally, in, this, in the article that she's talked about, she, she actually go, has gone out with her granddaughter and in order to teach her that rain is a good thing, not only have they gone out and slashed in puddles, but they'll go out, they'll put a tarp up, and she's taught Ziva, her granddaughter, how to make mud pies. Mm. And there's no reason to do that except pure fun. Pure fun, and by golly, that's the grubbier the better. I don't care about <laughs> clothes. I don't care about dirt under the toenails, and and this is long overdue. And it's something that kids just don't do anymore. When was the last time anyone in the audience, or you, me, or Deb, have seen kids actually playing in a puddle? 
All right. right. I, you know, you may be familiar with this research. I'm just learning about it for, for the first time, but talking about how one of the problems with immunities and allergies and all is that we're not out in the dirt anymore. So right. our bodies are not able to build up immunities against certain bacteria or viruses because we're like in our sealed in homes. And they're finding that the Amish community does this a lot better than we do and they don't have the allergies that you know right. all of the stuff that we're we're dealing with the peanut allergies and, mm-hmm. and the milk and all that so yeah so not only is it fun but it also serves a really important health benefit that is true and something else I would like to address is that when we lost the capacity to play, we did so because we had to play the game of life, which is two different versions of play. But if we did at that time, we were considered selfish. We were considered non-productive. We were considered lazy that if we weren't contributing to the big picture in some way, that was negative on us. And so it's turned around that people are recognizing that they have lost the capacity to play and that it is a necessity and it's not selfish and and so that's part of why we include that as part of our magazine theme. Mm-hmm. You really want to bring it back as a focus mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. who are over 50. Right. Lovely, yes. Um, any thoughts about men and women aging differently or having different issues as they get older? I'm sure that physiologically, you know, we, we, our bodies age differently. Um, but one of the things that I think is fascinating and, and it's, a, it's a good time to be 50 and older is that the, stere- the age old stereotypes of what women do and what men do have in many ways been um, uh, blown apart. So women can now, you know, go rock climbing just as men can. And women can do the kinds of things that men do, whether it's playing golf or uh, rock climbing or traveling. And so I think that, that the there's an equality that I know my mother couldn't have of um, enjoyed as much in her 70s that my father did because there were still very much roles that you were fit into and what you were and weren't to do. And so I think men and women are obviously from Mars and Venus, (laughs) um, but I think that we all experience this need to, uh, again, have meaning, have a sense of purpose, and we share that. And I think we share many commonalities and it's much more socially acceptable now for for women to do the same kinds of things that men do. For example, starting their own business, um, for you know taking a very active role in the community, not just as a volunteer but as a board member. And so, I think that that there's a, a great opportunity now for all of us to use our fifties and sixties and seventies in ways that are meaningful, purposeful, satisfying, um, knowing that we are always going to face, you know, differences in in how health and well-being are addressed. But, you know, we we still have the same fears. We still have the same needs. 
to 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 want to be here for a reason and a purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and it sounds like that's a very important aspect for both of you that there's purpose, that there's there, there's something substantial here, that it's not just about you know, picking the best colors for graying hair, you know, and, and that. Um, what what do the two of you do? I know you're doing this project together, and that's a big deal. Anything else in your lives that you do that uh, just for uh, meaning and purpose that you do consciously to say, this brings me meaning? Well, I believe that would be my blog, Managing Midlife. It's currently under uh, under my website as Grandparents in Business, and I'm rebranding to Managing the New Midlife. But that was a journey in its own in that when I started my business, I was just happy to be, I'm going to be a writer and get paid for my writing. But opportunities started coming my way that I never would have expected, and things pursued me or and I pursued them without really knowing where I was going and again let's use Deb as an example that email was totally unexpected and and brought me to this where I am now but also personal things that happened like my dad falling in his home and leaving him permanently brain damaged and and paralyzed and my mother coping with that and then also my daughter moving in to live with me as a single mom. And, and then just that whole aspect of it started to influence my life. And I was coping with it by writing and then just sharing it out there and discovering, wow, there's a lot of people who are responding to this. And so rather than the blog I used to have, which is just how to write a resume or how to write a website, suddenly I shifted to this and that's what was getting it clicked the, yes it clicked because there was not enough information out there there were so many people out there left caregiving and dealing with adult children or raising their own grandchildren and and helping with a, a father that or a mother that had terminal illness or problems and how do you manage it all? How do you live it all? And on top of that, being downsized or losing your job and starting new. And so that's what I do. And then on the flip side of that, I enjoy time with my granddaughter and, and cooking and, and killer brownies, which I'm sure Deb will mention, and uh, uh, then just little hobbies. But it took a while to get to the point where I discovered what Chris is about and that's the direction I'm going now and and the fun exciting part is is still to come what's next so you're really personally invested in this as well as professionally invested that right. you're doing it from all parts of your being right right and I think too the the fact that we are actively soliciting people's stories, stories about ordinary people doing really extraordinary things that often are not a part of the cultural narrative that because everything is so technologically driven and so many people are in front of their, you know, their computers or they're on their cell phones all the time. And so I think as we age, we, we, 
it's easy for us to feel that we are, you know, over the hill or we our story doesn't matter anymore because the world is moving so fast. And so for for me, capturing people's stories and sharing them and having people stop for a moment, get off their cell phone and read about somebody who's doing something really extraordinary, not in climbing a mountain, but how they're making a difference in the lives of people in their community. I think that, that for me is, is also giving us a lot of sense of meaning and purpose, is mm -hmm. capturing other stories and sharing those stories because those are those things that, that ground us and make us human is the whole old-fashioned sense of storytelling. I'd like to build upon that too and, and jumping back to what got us to this point and that was the 2008-2009 economic collapse and the game was suddenly shattered leaving all of us wondering what the heck are we going to do with ourselves and it's taken us this long to, to realize, wait a minute, we have decades of experience and wisdom and knowledge and and just living that we've got stuff to 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 supply to to deliver to the world to make it a better place and it's already within us because up until then we were playing the game we weren't really allowed to look into ourselves and bring it out to the world it's mm -hmm. like okay I'll do that you know eventually someday when I have the chance well, I think what happened back at that time was the perfect upset that we needed. The perfect to bring. storm. The yeah. perfect storm. And now that's what Boomalali is about is we want to provide the stories that help people realize, hey, that's what this person did and and she did it or he did it from nothing or from just a hobby they wanted to do or something they wanted to be when they were six. And now's the chance, and we want to provide the stories, the inspiration, the motivation to make that happen. You know, it occurs to me, you're not only helping people who are over 50 and trying to figure out what to do next, but you're really helping everyone, that you're helping the world to, to shine light on this, to say, you know, you may be 25, but here's what you have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And I know that people at 25 are looking at 50 thinking, oh my gosh, that's the end of life, that's the end of the world. I, I just don't want, uh, that's a terrible age, I never want to hit 50, it's old. <laughs> but then here we are at 50 or 60 and going, wow, I've, I've, I've got this time, I've got this freedom, I've got this I don't care anymore attitude. And so I'm going to take it for all it's worth. And mm -hmm. so what it is, is people look at time and age as, as just such a challenge. It's such an obstacle. But what I want people to know is that we have the chance to live to 100. But you look at people who are in their 20s or 30s right now, and they're still figuring things out, and they're still playing the game. And, and we're at that age that they think is just horrible but we're taking action to what we want to do while they're still trying to figure out what we, they want to do so it could we have the same amount of time ahead of us we're just we just know it now 
they're trying to figure it out. It sounds like you don't envy them. I, no. You know what? I am glad. I am the happiest now. It took some hard knocks and some highs and lows, mm -hmm. but I just love where I'm at now. Deb, and what about you? Agreed. <laughs> yeah, nobody gets this far without taking some hard knocks. Right. Yeah. So uh, this is all such good stuff, and I want to give my listeners places where they can follow up, certainly where they can find Boomalali and any other links that uh, you care to share with us. All right, Deb, go ahead. Well, we definitely invite your listeners to join the party with Boomalali Magazine, and so and in fact, if, if they will go to boomalali.com, they can actually, they'll, they will only see right now the coming soon page, but if they are willing to put their email address in, not only will they get our monthly newsletter that keeps everybody up on where we are, but more importantly, it puts them in the group that's participating in our soft lunch which is basically a way for us to do a test run with the magazine for a few weeks before we actually go live permanently. So it's a sneak peek. So definitely, I, I would say go to boomalali.com and mm -hmm. give us your email address, and, and you'll be one of the people that gets to see not only the, the magazine, but you'll get a chance to give us feedback, mm -hmm. uh, let us know what you like, what we could do better, and, and have a hand in shaping the magazine. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And then also I invite your listeners to check out my website at christhescribbler.com, and that's Chris with a K. And then my blog is there, Grandparents in Business, and they can certainly read more about the lifestyle of, of uh, over 50 sandwich generation, building a business and making it happen with all those balls in the air, but keeping it together and just living a life well lived after 50. Mm -hmm. I love that, living a life well lived. That's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing. You've, uh, you've taught us a lot today. I, you know, I didn't quite realize all of that, that perfect storm that came together to disrupt the whole apple cart or the, uh, you know, the game, as you, you say, there's no game to play. It's all, now we're just making it up and, and trying to do something new and different and that, that satisfies us and that's good for our community and our world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And, and we invite people to explore their first 50 to see what they could bring into the next 50 to make it even better. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us all of this great information. I can hear the excitement in both of your voices. Right. Um, and um, I'll go ahead and put those links up for you. And I just want to make sure people know it's Boom Alali, A Boom A L A L L Y. Yes. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Thanks so much for sharing your stories and your wisdom and, <laughs> and all the good stuff that's coming up for you. All right. Thank you very much. And, and also to your listeners. Yes, thank you for the opportunity just to, to, have a, to, to talk with you. It was, it's been delightful. Yes, 
Yes, it has. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. I love to hear from my listeners, so send me an email at nicolechristina.com and tell me what you'd like to hear more about. I would also greatly appreciate if you could hop on iTunes and rate the show. Ratings help other people find the podcast so I can share all these good juicy interviews with others. I would also invite you to become a patron of the Zestful Aging Podcast. Hop on over to patreon.com forward slash Zestful Aging and consider making a small donation. You will be eligible for insider-only goodies and behind-the-scenes information, and it'll help you feel good knowing that you're contributing to the Zestful Aging podcast. I'll look forward to sharing more juicy interviews next week on Zestful Aging.